0: We have a theme this month entitled, Wealth and Wellness. Wealth and Wellness. On Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about being well in your bodies. And on Sundays, we're going to talk about wealth today. And uh, today and the next uh, two Sundays after this, and then Pastor John will be here on the 29th uh, on our provision for the house offering Sunday. Um, so, foundational scripture that I have today for this month is found in 3rd John. The little John's in the back. The 3rd is a, a 1st John, 2nd John, and 3rd John. And 3rd John only has one chapter. And so, uh, in 3rd John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health Just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. For I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Um, So it's God's desire for you and I to be wealthy and healthy but it's not automatic God wants you wealthy and healthy but it's not automatic does God want everybody saved but it's not automatic true does God want everybody to be at peace within their life Because Jesus paid for that. But it's not automatic. And the key to the wealth and wellness being a part of our lives, the key to that, is found in the last part of that second verse. And it says, just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. So, my soul is my mind, will, and emotions, and the scripture is very clear. We talk about it a lot around here that your thinking has to change. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the sower sowing the word. Mark chapter 4, in the sowing of the word, it talks about different soils. And the soil of our heart has to be prepared so that we'll receive the seed that is being sown. If what I say to you, you can't receive, then it won't produce the fruit. So, my dealings on a day-to-day basis, when I come up behind this pulpit, my focus is more about not the way I'm delivering something, but in my delivery, is it preparing your heart to be able to receive it? There's information coming from this pulpit and has been for uh, 29 years. For 29 years, we've preached the word in this town, and the word that is coming forth has to be something that is going to change the way you think in regards to what God the way God thinks what his will is and and what his his attitude and approach to life is really all about and if you can't if you personally don't get in a position where you hear information that's different than what you've had in the past then it won't change your thinking and you won't receive and if you're not receiving what's being said then it's not making the changes that you desire to see. It's God's will that all people be saved, but it's not automatic. It depends on whether their thinking changes to where they reach out and in their heart believe that God did what He did through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that in your heart, just making a confession won't save you. Just paying your tithe will not make you wealthy because you're paying a tithe. You have to believe that that's part of the plan and the process that God wants you and I in, in our lives. So, today and the next two Sundays that I have that I'm going to share along the line, along this line, um, in understanding provision for the house, Provision for the house has to do with your blessing and prosperity. And all of that comes from what my subtitle is today, God first. God has to be first before he can do in your life what you're desiring to see happen. When God is first. Everybody say God first. God first. So we're going to look at God first today through a number of different scriptures, and we'll start with, and this will be kind of our foundational scripture, um, or our second foundational scripture, but on Sundays, um, found in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 <clears throat> and verse 32. Matthew 6 and 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek. What what things? The things he's talking about is everything in life. He's talking about natural needs, talking about apparel. He's talking about the food you eat, talking about all the natural needs that we have. He said, after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Everybody say things. He's not talking about just, you know, um, good thoughts or ideas. talking about actual things. How many know it's a good thing to have a phone today? How many you, you would go... Through withdrawal symptoms, if you lost your phone, I mean, I hate it, but I mean, it's just where we live, right? I mean, it's, everything is in here. Um, I, 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 on purpose, preach from a. You used to know I used to preach like from my iPad or I preach from my phone or however, but I preach from a paper Bible, and I turn the pages, and I write my notes on real paper. And I did that on purpose because this got to be too easy, too convenient. I mean, I still do it sometimes. <laughs> when I preached out of town in the, in the valley last month, or when was it? No, in February. It's already been February. When I preached down there, I forgot my Bible. <laughs> so I have my Bible in here. So I preach from this Bible, right? Because I forgot to bring this Bible for whatever reason. But I do it on purpose because God told me I-, I-, I want you to not just do what's easiest. I want you to do what's going to challenge you, right? And and there are things in the natural that He knows we have need of. Actually, everything that you have need of, He knows you have need of it. Okay. Well, why, why won't God help me then? It's not automatic. Verse 33 is the key, and this is what we're going to base everything in these next, today and the next two Sundays on. Verse 33 says, so, so verse 32 says, the Gentiles seek after this. But your father knows you have need of those things. So if he knows I have need of him, and he's a good, good father. better say, he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father, and he knows I have need of those things. So not only does he know how I have need of those things... Anything that my children have a need of, I I will take care of the need. I mean, like, especially like when they were little or whatever. If they had a need of something, if they were hungry, I would feed them. And if I know how to do that, how much more does he know how to do that for me? So I don't need to be seeking those things. But he said, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? Things he's just talking about. So all the natural things that, that we've been trained to seek after, he said, everybody else seeks after that, but your father knows you have need of those things. Not only does he know you have need of them, he'll take care of all that if you'll seek his kingdom first. Everybody say, first things. God first, me second, okay? And when I say me second, me and everything else about my life is second. When I put God first and I get this straight here, my priorities straight, then the things that I really want to see happen in my life will happen. And he says, like he said in Malachi 3, prove me that I'll not do this for you. What What I'm saying to you right here, God's saying, watch, just prove me Seek first my kingdom, my way of doing. Actually, look at, look at the Amplified there because it says it actually even better. Verse 33 in the Amplified says this. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. And then in parentheses it says he's defining what his kingdom and righteousness is. It's his way of doing and being right. How many like that? So, so, so how, what, what am I seeking after? I'm seeking after his way of doing and doing it the right way, which is his way. There's only one way, and it's his way, and that's the right way. That's what we have to find. And he said, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. In other words, God will take care of all these things. So we want to seek him, we want to seek his ways We want to seek his plans We want to seek his works And he said here, then everything else will work out His way of doing And being right Look, look at this verse of scripture in Romans 10.10 10. We, we, we know it, it's a very popular verse of scripture Where salvation is concerned um, But I want to point out something in this verse that will kind of is is be a, a thread that flows through everything that we talk about over the next few weeks. Um, but in, in Romans ten ten, it says this: For with the heart, one or one translation says man or woman. For with the heart, a person believes unto righteousness. For with the heart a person believes unto things being right. So what, what, what that means is, it doesn't mean that you believe in your heart automatically. It, it means that we get to the place of really believing in our heart. Then it becomes right. So think about the verse of scripture that we just read in Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right. Seek that. And then everything else will be added to you So you don't have to live your life Seeking after things that really aren't going to produce for you Wasting time Getting stressed to the max Over things that Really will not produce Life for you His kingdom is what will produce the life And and, and a life that is Overflowing Um, Listen to this verse Of scripture In the amplified You may not see it on the board I didn't give it to him, but it just came to my mind, and it's really a great verse of Scripture, especially the way it's read in the Amplified, and it's John 10, 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, came that you may have and enjoy life, having an abundance to the full until it overflows, until it overflows. That means when you start out in this life, it, it's not necessarily overflowing, but it will if you keep seeking. Those who seek, what'll happen? They'll find. Those who knock, the door will be open. God is saying, continue on this path. Seek my kingdom, my righteousness, and all the things that you're desiring life will be added in life will be added to you. That's what's most important. Can you say amen to that? So I want to just look at several firsts in, in the Bible. So I'm just going to go through this process for the rest of my message on some firsts in the Bible. Um, how, how to be first in love. Matthew 22 and verse 37. I want to read a, a number of verses of Scripture. Matthew 22 and verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And everything, In other words, everything that was preached beforehand, before Jesus... All hangs on these two commandments now in the light of what Jesus accomplished: loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, something about that passage before the cross um, takes on a little greater understanding when you read First John 4:19. This is after the cross. First John 4:19. "We love Him. Remember that first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. We love him because he first loved us. Everybody say first. So understanding the first principle of love is to know in your heart that God loved you in spite of yourself. And what that does is that causes you to remain on a journey to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and learn what it means to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Because I I just tell you today, I, I don't know that I can even do that today after 40 years of salvation, but I'm on the journey. And the reason I'm on the journey is because he qualified me to be a part of his kingdom and to be used in his kingdom because of the love that he had for me. Because when he, when Jesus was on the cross, when he was actually in the garden, he began to see what he was going to have to do. And he said, God, if there be any other way, but not my will, yours be done and accomplished. And he saw me in spite of the mistakes I would make and the things that I would do. And today, I declare that I'm qualified not because of how perfect my life has been, but because he first loved me. Amen. Listen to me. The first law of love, and the second is like it. You love your neighbor, which is everybody else than, than, other than you. You love your neighbor like you love yourself when you love yourself. And the only way you can love yourself is to forgive yourself of all the crappy things you've ever done and begin to make changes in your life. And when you know how much He loved you, He'll empower you to make solid choices about walking in love. Then you don't, then you don't constantly dislike your, your neighbor. The reason you don't like certain people in life is because you don't like yourself. That's gospel. If you don't like yourself you don't love yourself you can't like other people and you're always complaining about what everybody else does to you then you become a victim in certain areas of your life i'm just saying i know i've been there done it got the t-shirt the whole thing man i know exactly what it's like don't want to blame everybody else for what's not right another first is first in life Look at Matthew 20 and verse 27. This is how you become first in life. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. That word slave is servant. The way you become first in life is to become servant of all. You want to be first in the business world that you're in. You want to be first in the community that you're in. You want to be first and elevated, not to be in pride about yourself, but elevated because people see good things in you. You become servant to all people. And, and you learn from God. Part of seeking His kingdom and His way of doing and being right is this right here. We're just looking at some things that talk about firsts. You want to be first in something? Then you've got to do it his way, but the only way to do that is to become convinced of it. Well, I know pastor said I've got to serve this person, but you know, they just tick me off. And you could use some other words that would, would identify them in a, in a better way, right? I mean, let's, let's get truthful. But when you're seeking the kingdom, he's teaching you how to love the unlovely. And you know what I've noticed is? When I really seek that and I take the challenges to love the unlovely, you know what I realize over time? That they weren't really that unlovely. Most of it was the result of the way I was looking at myself, things I didn't like about myself. So, you know, they were doing things maybe that I wanted to do better, but I wanted to blame them and criticize them and critique them for what I didn't like about what they were doing instead of just seeking his kingdom and being stronger and better in God. Serve somebody that's doing something good. Will it will it work against you? To do something good and treat somebody in a good way that maybe you don't like, just to do something, you know, that God would show you to do, would that hurt you? No, actually, it, it, it'll make you a better person because it will shock the person you did good to. Oh, what's that about? What do they want? You know, then people are going, "What that? Wow, 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 what, why?" why, 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 why? So that's the kingdom. So then you get people's attention, and if they're not saved, man, they'll be drawn towards you. It just works that way. You say, yeah, but you don't know this. No, but God does. So ask him, seek him. Seek his way of doing and being right, and then you'll do it right, and it'll accomplish all the other things, and you'll receive the other things that you're looking for. Seeking after the other things and not dealing with your heart, those things don't come. Now, you can maybe make it happen and cheat your way there or be, you know, you know uh, labor at getting there and be all stressed out. But if you just do it his way, he'll, he'll make sure all the things get to you. He just wants your heart to change. That's him. Can you say amen? amen. So, <clears throat> the last two things I want to look at, the, the, the last two firsts that I want to look at, One is first in finances And I'm going to read the verse of scripture That we read earlier in Proverbs 3, 9 Um. Honor the Lord with your possessions And with the first fruits of all your increase Honor the Lord with your possessions And the first fruits of everything that increases Right? Right? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And in Malachi, we read, and, and we talked about earlier too, but we've read this many, many times, that God, God has challenged us to prove Him in this, in this realm and in this area right here. You know, so many people, we're, we're, I'm, I'm teaching some things that the Bible says in regards to provision for the house. How many people saw, well, you saw it because you drove through the kind of rocks today, this morning. But here in a couple of weeks, uh, it's going to be all concrete down there. The entrance is going to be widened, double, so you, there'll be an entrance and an exit. You won't have to like drive like this right next to a car getting by. You know, at least coming in and out. You know, so it's going to be better down there. It's going to look better. How many know that that that's kind of been an eyesore down there, especially after it rains and this big pile of mud in the bottom, right? See, we we actually knew that. You know, <clears throat> we actually knew that it looked bad. You know, but it's getting better, and uh, so. So I'm teaching these things In regards to giving you the opportunity To sow into that Notice we didn't wait to start working on it After we received the offering We started You understand? So we're starting it And just giving you the opportunity To sow into it But here's the thing If ever And you I'm repeating myself For those of you That have been around here before But if ever You feel That anything that I'm preaching Is a pull on your finances, don't give. Do not give. If you think that for me, do not. I, I'm telling you up front right now, don't give a dime. Because if your giving is from the heart, then it's not going to be something that's extracted from you. Actually, you're going to be the one that comes up with the idea that, man, I'm sowing into this because I'm believing the promises of God. And I'm seeing gates of the city as good ground to sow into. Again, I say, if you think any of this is some push or pull to try to get something from you, do not give on the 29th, or we're giving people opportunity through the month of May if you want to sow into this. Do not do it if that's what you feel like this is. Because it can't be that. But I can't not teach this because then you're not informed of, of what the Bible says about the truth behind seed time and harvest time. See, that, that's why we have to preach this. See, and that's why, that's why we teach on honoring God with the tithe. Like I said earlier, tithing is not like paying God, like you'd pay that double or more electric bill in the wintertime that you're, you know, you want to be mad at, you know, you want to call the electric company and chew them all out, you know, and, and if you do that, the person you got really is not in charge of what happened. You know, they just, they're just following through and collecting your bill. See, so you talk to the wrong person and actually there's not a right person. It's a computer in there that does all that, and, and it's really not somebody. It's, well, maybe a congressman. Yeah, anyway. No, but, no, but no, it won't work. It won't change a thing. And it just gets you mad and sweating and your veins popping out, and, and then you got to go to the doctor and take high blood pressure medicine, those kind of things. No. It doesn't work. Amen? What works is honoring God With something that in the natural appears sometimes doesn't make sense. But when it gets in your heart, you can see the whole purpose behind it. When you honor God with that. Doing it because you love God. It's from your heart. Then you begin to see things come your way. And things manifest in your life that that you've never seen. Then you learn to live in more than enough and not just enough. That's what he created us to live that way. He created us to be wealthy, healthy people. Right? That live long and we live strong our whole lives. Can you say amen? Um, as a result of, of honoring God that way and getting those type of things to the heart. Look, look at this verse of scripture in Proverbs 11 and verse 24 and 5. <clears throat> this is the result of seeing God in what we, in, in, through like the Proverbs 3 scripture. This is a result of that um, verse 24 There's one who scatters yet increases more and there's one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty verse 25 The generous soul a person who who in their mind they're doing it out of generosity they're honoring God out of obedience to his word will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself In other words, whoever continues to sow because it's a lifestyle, not something just because there was an offering, or we're trying to you feel like we're trying to pull something out of you. No, 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 no. It's an opportunity to be obedient to the Word of God and see things in your in the financial world change. Now we're living we're living in a really strange and difficult time in the financial world and realm, and there's there's so many temptations out there to. Delve into or or be be lured away into trying to accomplish things in a dishonest way. You notice that out there? There's so much potential to be dishonest. And yet God doesn't want us to be dishonest people. He wants us to believe in what we're doing, in our jobs, our vocations, uh, ideas that God gives you about starting new jobs and new ideas. I, I believe we're living in a time where there's been things that have been held back, there's been delays for certain things, but God's spoken to my wife and I that those delays are over with. We're like stepped into a season where there's not delays. But, but that's for people who have stayed the course and didn't give up. There's a time of no more of the delays that have been there because we're stepping into greater revelation and we really believe this stuff from the heart, not just going through the motions of it. There's a big difference. God doesn't want you to go through the motions. He wants you to believe it from your heart, the things that we're talking about today. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at Psalm 115. This is another passage of Scripture that is declaring who you are and what this earth really, who this earth really belongs to. This is what this says. The Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless you. He will bless the house of Israel. That's us. He will bless the house of Aaron. That's the priesthood. He's blessing, he's blessing those in ministry, those in business. There's kings and priests. The priesthood is those in ministry. The kings are those in the business world. He's blessing both. Can you say amen? He will bless those who fear him. And what he's saying right here is he will bless those who seek him first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to him. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Let's all, let's read that verse of scripture together. Ready? Read. May the Lord give me increase more and more, me and my children. I want you to say it just like that. Ready? Read. Let's do it again. May the Lord give me increase more and more, me and my children many say amen to that. Come on. Increase more and more. That's God. Now watch. Look what he said he's done. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Next verse. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The earth he has given to the children of men. Who's that? Say me. See, that's you. That's me. That's you. It's, it's us. He's given us this earth to do something with, but we have to seek his way of doing and being right, and that righteousness comes when it goes from our head to our heart. So what we do, we do it because we believe in it, not because somebody's trying to coerce us or make something happen. Never work. It will never work because it won't produce. It won't produce. I had a lady one time that had been in our church for a while and her husband her husband wasn't coming years ago and her husband wasn't coming. And uh, she came to me one day and she said, you know, um, she said, I've been tithing, but my husband is mad. And I said, he's mad, why? Because he doesn't believe in it. I said, then don't tithe. She goes, I said, do you you make, do you go to work and make the money? She said, no. And I said, then don't tithe. She goes, what? She she said, don't tithe. Or I said, don't tithe. She goes, you're telling me not to tithe? I said, yeah, because you're not in agreement. He's going and he's making the money and you're taking 10% of that and you're, you're bringing that to the house and honoring God with that, but his heart's not in that. I'm telling you, don't do it. And in two years, in two years, for several different reasons, they're not here anymore or anything, in two years, he changed his mind because of what wasn't working in their life. In two years. And the rest of the time they were in our church, they were tithers because they believed it. She believed it. But he came to a form of belief (laughs) Probably because she reminded him, you know, back when we were tithing, this wasn't happening to us. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't know that it happened that way or not. But I'm just saying, in two years, he made a change. Because he, wants the, he, 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 became, he came to a place. He came and told me this. He never came to church other than maybe for a cookout or something. But he never came to church. But he came and talked to me and he told me, he said, I believe in tithing and the, the tithe that my wife and I give to the church here that we honor God with, he said, I believe in it because I believe that the devourer is rebuked on my behalf. And that was him. You see, but it would have never happened that way. That, that blessing would not have gotten on them had she not stopped doing it until he could believe. So she just prayed for him. She probably did, said some other things, but you know, but she did pray for him. It It works. Can you say amen? It works. Increase more and more. Then I want to... The last thing I want to talk about today is putting the house of God first. Putting the house of God. And it's real clear in the Scripture that the house of God in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, according to 1 Timothy 3.15, the house of God is the church. And according to Ephesians 1, 22 and 3, 22 and 3, The church is his body, okay? So the house of God is the church, which is his body in the earth. Are we the church today sitting here? Absolutely. We're corporately the church. But I'm the church, you're the church. But I can't be Jesus. We're Jesus, Right? It's, it's, the, it's the combination of all of our anointings. That's why we need each part. The body is made up of the different parts. I can't do what Jesus did, but we can. Now, I can do certain things that he did, but I won't walk in the fullness of it without you and you without me. Vice versa. See? That's the way God set it up. So the house of God is this place, but we're the house of God. This is where the house of God meets, and so it's a house. It was a house in the Old Testament. There are houses in the New Testament where they met. This is where we meet. And there's something about this place, this location, that needs to be right and good, and it's the reason why we're doing these provision for the houses and, and the house and the offerings for the provision of the house, giving you the opportunity to not just be a part by showing up here, but being a part by investing into it. Can you say amen to that? You know, <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm wearing a watch up here that, that just, I, I'm, I'm not a real big watch person, you know? Some people, that's, they're just, I mean, they're about watches. And uh, I'm just not. I'm not a jewelry person, you know? I have my wedding ring on, and I can actually get it off. I'll show you later, uh, but, um, uh, but 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 I'm just not a jewelry person. I, I don't like it. You know, I've got a lot of jewelry at my house, but I just I don't I don't I wear it because I I don't know it just bothers me. But I wear watches on Sunday, <clears throat> and um, this watch I have on I would have never purchased myself, but I had a watch that. I, I, I'm not even at the moment I just had this thought About this watch But I had this watch That was given to me I think From someone else I can't remember It wasn't a very expensive watch But it was a nice watch I mean it was probably One of the nicest watches That I'd ever had At the time And uh How many Know who David Howard is? My, my friend My lifelong friend David Howard And you know David You know he, He's always in my face About something And uh and it was a gold watch that I had, and, I, and, and when I saw him, <laughs> one day while I was with him, he goes, man, I really like that watch. I said, really? I said, well, you can't have it. He goes, I didn't say I wanted it. I just said, I like your watch. And, uh, you know, so, you know so, somebody can say, oh, I really like that, thinking you'll give it to him. I promise you, if you think that from somebody, don't give it to him. If they said it like that, don't, do not give it to him. But he, you know, he was. He said that, and then we started joking. Yeah, you just want me to give you this watch. But after that happened, you know, I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago, and I don't remember if it was that day or the next day. God just kept kept saying to me, "Give him that watch." Yeah, but uh, you know, I kept I just kept arguing with him about it. But man, I couldn't get it off of me. So he had come here. Or he was wherever we were. He was leaving, and I walked up to him and went. When I walked up to him, I just started crying. I don't know, I just started weeping. I said, Man, God told me to give you this watch. And he goes, I wasn't serious when I said that. I just said, I liked your watch. I said, I know, but God told me to give you the watch. So I gave him the watch. I don't know what he ever did with the watch, or I, 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 actually, I, n- I never talked to him. That had to be, what, that had to be at least 15 years ago, right? Maybe longer than that. So one day, this man comes to to me, to my wife and I both, and uh, said, uh, my wife and I want to give you and your wife somewhat matching watches. And I thought, yeah, okay. You know, in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, whatever, I'm not just, I'm not a watch person. And so we took a trip to San Antonio to this really expensive jeweler, this jewelry store, And we walked in there, and uh, this watch and the one that my wife has, uh, this person says, God told us to buy you these watches. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a lot of money for those two watches. And God reminded me, God reminded me, you remember that watch you gave away? Well, I'd actually given several watches away since that time. He said, those watches, he said, I just want to bless you. And one of the things that happened from that is that God told me, he said, you've got to see yourself wealthy. You've got to see yourself with expensive things. Not out of manipulation. Not out of buying something that you can't afford not out of doing something that is not what I want you to do, but you need to see yourself wealthy because of all these scriptures that talk about you being wealthy. That's my will for you. Did you hear what I said? I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm not talking about charging your credit cards up because you got to look a certain way. No, No, I didn't say any of that. I'm talking about when somebody wheels you into a jewelry store and buys you From a line of the most expensive watches on the planet. You can receive it. And I had to receive it. And the only stipulation that was given to me. Not necessarily to my wife, but to me. Was you have to wear it. Because I had a really super nice case that I could have just left it in. He said, but you got to wear it. And just, you know, I've got another watch that I wear sometimes on Sundays, but for the most part, I wear this watch because God gave it to me because I sewed into someone else because he said. See, when you understand that process, then you understand the kingdom of God and the way he works. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive because all you're receiving is tied to your giving. It's tied to the willingness of your giving, that your heart is in what you do. So here's a story in the Old Testament in the book of Haggai. <clears throat> and we're just gonna, I'm just gonna read a piece of this because we'll pick this up next week, okay? We've got about five minutes and, and I'm done. But uh, we'll pick this up next week. But I, w- I wanna start with this and this is what we're going into and in talking about the benefit of Understanding the importance of the house. Um, um, How many have ever seen the thermometer at the courthouse for the United Way? Raise your hand. You've seen seen the thermometer at the courthouse for the money that's given for the United Way. How, How many in here believe that the United Way is a good investment? I mean, yeah or nay. I mean, I think it's a good investment. As far as I know, it's a good investment. Um, there's a lot of different projects that are that are throughout our city, our state, our nation that are good investments. How many know that? <clears throat> um, there's, there's probably I know of probably a half a dozen or more. My wife and daughters probably know of more, but of of organizations that are are helping to deliver people from human trafficking how many see those organizations how many believe that's a good thing amen it's a a great thing and and to sow into something like that okay but but sometimes what happens is and and I'm telling you after 29 years of pastoring just things that I've picked up at times from people and it's not not like they're directed towards me or anything. Just things that I've picked up from people at times about giving into the church, about sowing into the church. Um, because if you attend the church, then you're part of the family and you kind of see things that go on and you're kind of reminded at times things you don't like about the church. And that's the way it is with your own personal family. You know, you, you, you know you, you'll take anybody out that says anything bad about your own personal family, but you can have some attitude and opinion about it, right? <laughs> and so with that and the familiarity that goes with that, a lot of times it's easier to give in other places. I'll just send my, my offering in to the thermometer, you know, because there's no relationship attached to that. And a lot of times we think it's easier to do something like that. But I believe the things that at times can be a little more difficult and challenging are the ones that produce the greatest fruit. And number one, obeying what God said to do first. Amen? Amen? And so here in the book of Haggai, they're in the process of building the new tabernacle. And... And the old one has been torn down and, and it's gone. And they're in the process uh, of, of you know, bringing in the finances and the funds to build this. And, and there's a couple of real key things that are said here. And I, I just want, I want to read from verse, this is the word of the Lord through the prophet. And it says in verse four, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple? I said tabernacle, the temple. Uh and this temple to lie in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much, but you've brought in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Remember, this is God saying this. Consider your ways. Okay, Now, I'm not going to finish reading that today, and we'll look at it a little bit more next week. But the end result was they got it. They got the challenge from the prophet, which was the word of the Lord through the prophet to the people. And the challenge was, don't put your house first, put my house first. The challenge was, put the house of God first, and watch what will happen with your house. That was the challenge. And notice what he said. He said, you've been sowing much, but you're not reaping what you want to reap. See, you've you've sown in a lot of ways. Now, 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 hear what I'm saying here. And this is just my opinion. You can take it from some of the things that we'll share in the next two services along this line. But all the firsts that we've talked about today, putting the house of God first is first and foremost. See, in all those things, putting what is... God said his eyes and his heart are on his house. And when you put that first, it'll produce all the other things that you're looking for. That's God's way of doing and being right. And these people that were sewing in a lot of different projects and things, but they weren't focusing on the house of God. My challenge to you is, we at Gates of the City are doing some things about focusing and making this place better. We... We got in this building almost seven years ago and we had some challenges for about five years and the challenges kind of kept us from being able to accomplish things, but we got through those challenges and we're through them and we're walking through them to a greater place and a greater height. And so this last year, we, we, you notice we cleared that whole front and did a lot of dirt work and then it kind of sat there for a while. Now we're doing some changes down in the front because we want our place to look inviting. We want the house of God to look inviting from the street. So when people pull in, that they see, hey, these people are serious about it. Because i just tell you, you know, people, people just generally, if, if, you, if, you don't, if you have a place that's undone, they think you don't take it serious. It's just the way it is. That's the way people think. And we, we, want, we want to kind of shut that down and keep people from thinking that way. When they see the front of our property, when, when they go by and with, a, with the new sign that, we'll, that we're going to put up and we'll put a new fence and those kind of things. But right now, we're taking care of the concrete work in the front and, and widening, widening our, our entrance and those kind of things, entrance and exit, making it more inviting for people to come up here. Is that important to God? If God's heart and if his eyes and his heart are on and in his house... And, what, and we're the house, and this is the place where we meet, then God's in the middle of this thing. And you've got to believe that he's in the middle. And what he wants, first and foremost, is for you to want to sow into the house. To want to. Remember, if you think I'm trying to get something from you, don't give. But if you believe that what I'm giving you is what the Word says about the benefits of seed, time, and harvest, and first and foremost, into the house of God, and you take advantage of that, you watch what's going to happen in your life. That's what I believe today. Can you say amen to that? So, the next two Sundays, and and again, I encourage you to come on Wednesdays because we're going to be ministering on health and healing. And, and what that looks like for our lives and, and, and the benefit of our lives um, because God doesn't want us just well, but he wants us healthy because what, what good is it if you're wealthy and you're sick and you, you don't feel like doing anything with what you have, but what good is if you're well, but you have not two nickels to rub together and you can't accomplish anything. God wants us wealthy and well, amen? That's his will. He said it. Third John 2, as your thinking changes and you get lined up with what his plan and his purpose is. Can you say amen to that?